there is a sense of awareness that's heightened when people of color travel. How we may be perceived is different from how other people are perceived. She notes that many foreigners' first experience of people of color is on TV, where black characters can be stereotyped as being aggressive. I look at it as a teachable moment. When I was teaching English in Japan, I knew for a fact that I was the first person of color they had ever seen. There is a sense of responsibility we walk with, wanting to represent. I'm more conscious of my behavior when I travel. A quote by Evita Robertson. I wanted to start the show with this quote. It's Jerica with another episode of Black Packing. So today I'm by myself, all alone, and this episode takes place in Amsterdam, Netherlands, the weed capital of the world. I loved it there, to say the least, but kind of going there, I didn't know what my plan would be or what I would really do in Amsterdam other than walk around to their coffee shops. When I arrived uh, in Amsterdam at the airport, and I'm leaving the airport, there are like a few groups of people outside and they're smoking weed. I I assume they're trying to smoke the last of their weed before they get onto their plane. I make eye contact with this couple and they offer me an extra joint that they had. So this was already a great start to my Amsterdam experience. So I get into a taxi, which are very luxurious services to use there, and the cab driver's wearing a suit, driving a black Mercedes, and I I asked the guy, you know, how common that was in Amsterdam, and he explains to me it's very normal, and that's just a very normal thing that they have there. And as we're driving into the city, I see fields of wind turbines which I always like love seeing because they're these massive structures I think they're so beautiful and obviously serve a good purpose he drives me as close to my hostel as possible Amsterdam is is a pretty like biking and walking preferred city and there are a lot of streets that don't allow cars down them a lot of like little small like narrow alleyways And so I'm walking down that alleyway on my way to my hostel, and I'm just admiring the architecture. It's so beautiful. It's so neat. And my hostel was in the red light district, so I was passing a lot of, like, really cool shops and bars on my way to my hostel. And when I arrive in my hostel, I check in at the same time as this guy from Germany. During my travels, the most common foreign traveler I meet is from Germany <laughs> I, I feel like Germans love to travel which is awesome um, and they travel every, everywhere and it's always been a very fun experience hanging out with Germans and we're chatting for a while and he asked me if I want to go see the city with him I say sure we leave the hostel and stop at like the bridges and start admiring all the boats along the canals little mini boats 
we finally stumble upon a coffee shop. We continue to sit there and chat about our interests and our lives. And we're just giggling about smoking weed inside and the environment and being in Amsterdam. And then all of a sudden, he's like, so what's it like living in the U.S.? And how did Donald Trump get elected? You know, I laughed and told him, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that myself. He told me that he wants to go to the U.S. one day, but he was afraid because of all the guns. He says to me, people go around shooting people in public, and I see the videos of cops with guns, and they're shooting black people. What's up with all of that? Since this particular trip, I've found similar questions as he's being asked to me from various travelers. I told him how I felt about it, which is like, you know, there's a flaw and a racial bias, obviously, in our criminal system. And it's crazy to think about how these videos spread globally and people can really see the imperfections to the U.S. I also told him how sad and numb I've become to seeing mass shootings on the news because they they happen all the time. And the most recent mass shooting takes over my sadness of the last one I saw in the news. The two biggest issues I have with the U.S., our race and gun control and they're very like parallel and intertwined subjects at the same time I told him that I have very little hope anytime soon that there will be any type of gun control or regulations on guns you know I don't get it I see it as a problem so does the rest of the world they're very confused by you know, us possessing guns, but, you know, the U.S. government doesn't see it as that. They, you know, want to stick to the Second Amendment. I feel almost responsible to speak on behalf of the U.S., or I have to defend it in a way when people ask me these questions. I have to assure them that not everyone in the U.S. is okay with what's happening, One listener has asked me, how do I feel I want to represent myself in the U.S. when traveling? I told them that I want to represent this country overseas, that what people see on TV is the truth of the country, but I don't agree with the conditions. And there are many of us that feel the same. Also, with starting with that quote, I wanted to address how it discusses representing herself as a black woman and trying to break down that stereotype and what people see on TV. You know, I I do feel when I meet people while traveling, I want to see overly nice and friendly, non-threatening. I'm afraid that, you know, they might like have this idea of me being like super sassy or I'm a traveler that might steal their things. And I've walked past a few people as we've made eye contact. I watch them grab their purse or bag. I've only really experienced that outside the U.S. I began explaining that to this German guy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so high and rambling about race and gun control. You know, he tells me it's okay and, and is really 
curious to know my perspective and like what my life is like living in the United States. And also, he felt like I shouldn't feel the need to apologize for my country's issues. And also, his perspective is how his country has also had a terrible past and that they try really hard to get rid of it and how the U.S. seems to not have moved on from their past fully. You know, there is still an existence of neo-Nazi and white supremacists in Germany, but as far as like the Nazi slogans or swastika signs, it's very illegal to display those in public and it's punishable up to three years and you know people can possess these items at their home but like I said they can't be seen in public because they show signs of hate and I asked him if he was familiar with the confederate flag and its relevance to the south because I felt like there was a strong comparison between people in the south showing off their confederate flag and considering that to be heritage and if there are some people in Germany that feel the same way. In the coincidental events of writing the outline for this episode, the United States experienced four mass shootings in one week, making a total of 250 mass shootings for the year 2019. And we haven't even had 250 days this year so the U.S. is averaging one and a half mass shootings per day per day that's crazy so of of course people don't want to come here in comparison to other countries the U.S. seems frightening you know people are being shot doing daily tasks just shopping or being out at night with their friends having a good time The FBI has stated that more Americans have been killed in domestic terrorism than international terrorism since 9-11. And also that domestic terrorism seems to be predominantly motivated by white supremacy ideology. And I completely agree with this. These acts of terror are because of this hate of black and brown lives the shooter in El Paso had posted a manifesto of just hate speech you know specifically against Hispanics and that's who he targeted in his mass shooting and there's this similar hate speech that Trump founded his campaign and continues to kind of ignore in his presidency Trump has wanted to build this wall to protect the U.S. from Mexicans, but the threat is not Mexicans taking jobs or any of that bullshit. The, the threat is white men with existing prejudice and a hateful president who's just so content with these crimes being committed and doesn't seem to address the overall issue. And what we have are white cops under the presumption that every black male is a criminal with a gun and will shoot them without thinking. Contrary to that, you have a white dude that just shot up a black church and another different white dude 
that shot up a predominantly Latino neighborhood. And when you look at the pictures online and watch the police arresting them, they seem to be taking such good care of these white nationalist criminals. They are in such good hands. And even if these people that were behind these mass shootings were people of color, which for the most part they are not, they would never receive that type of care when they're arrested by the police. The fact is that it's so easy for people to buy multiple assault rifles and loads of ammunition without questions asked, any type of background check. It's mind-blowing. And I... How does, how, does, how does our country just continue to ignore this issue? Uh, I know this is a tangent on U.S. politics, but U.S. politics is relevant to my existence living here. And one of the themes of many stories that I and my guests share on backpacking. Backpackers and travelers are always talking about the state of their country and asking questions about your country's politics. That's why I always want to share and talk about news stories that are occurring here and around the world. All right, so back to me sitting at this coffee shop in Amsterdam. Finally, we're done smoking and decide to go rent some bikes and ride around the city. Amsterdam has these colorful cobblestone streets everywhere. Some areas are kind of a pain to bike, but it's such a fun city to bike around. Amsterdam was the first city where I saw parking decks just for bikes. Five plus stories of just thousands of bikes. We biked to the Moco Museum to see a Dolly and Banksy exhibit two of some of my favorite artists but for different reasons I thought it was kind of weird knowing that they were in the same museum but I was very excited that you know they have two completely different styles but it was it was really cool to experience that and I wasn't going to Amsterdam to see this exhibit so it was just a really nice plus one to have I also tried going to the Anne Frank house but it was a little too late in the afternoon and there was a huge line. If you're in Amsterdam and you want to see the Anne Frank house, I would suggest buying your tickets ahead of time so you can skip that line. We also explored the Van Gogh Museum, Vondel Park, uh, took a canal trip, which is a good way to kind of see the layout of the city and kind of see how Amsterdam goes in these kind of mini circles out and the canals follow within the city. It's it's really neat. And, you know, the new friend I made, him and I explored the city for the day and the following days I continued to meet other travelers. And, you know, having my hostel in the red light district was, was cool. It was fun. It was interesting to see the girls in the windows and people just partying everywhere but fun city great spirit um i loved it it seemed very welcoming of all lifestyles so i highly recommend amsterdam to check out well that's all i have for this episode i know it's a little bit shorter than the other ones but i'm kind of just you know talking to myself here (laughs) um but yeah 
like I said, always reach out to me um, on Instagram, Black Packing Podcast. And my email is blackpackingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so be in touch and I love hearing from you all and answering questions. All right. Until next time. Um, bye. Thank you.